How many of you had a good Thanksgiving? Raise your hand if you had a good Thanksgiving. Okay, our, good. That's a lot of people. That's good. I, last Sunday night, started to feel like something was a little bit off. And then Sunday night, in the middle of the night sometime, I started running a fever. And then through the whole week, I pretty much spent the whole week in bed um, because I had strep throat. So that, that was my Thanksgiving, and it helped me realize that I am very thankful for my bed, and I'm really thankful for amoxicillin <laughs> because it's really helped me feel a lot better than I was. But, but as I laid in bed all week, as I, I, I mean, I probably spent four days, the majority of those days, just laying in bed, and, and as I laid there, I thought a lot about, about Thanksgiving time, about Christmas time, and I thought a lot about traditions. And, and the truth is, Advent in the church is a, is a tradition. It's something we, we do every year in the church. Um, but, but we have a lot of traditions around the holidays, don't we? Do you have traditions? How many of you have Thanksgiving traditions? A new tradition was brought back in my in-law's family. I won't talk too much about this. I don't want to get in trouble. But the Martin Follies, which is a talent show, was brought back this year. This is something that they did, and they brought it back. So Friday night, there was a talent show. And so that, that was a tradition that, that happened and now happens again. And, and every family has, has different traditions. Um, what are some of your traditions? Come on, let, let's hear. I, you guys, what's that? You play golf. Okay, that's pretty good. What else? What are your traditions? Christmas, Thanksgiving, come on. You watch the Macy's Day Parade, okay. That's cool. Watch the dog show, okay. That's great. I have a dog, that works. <laughs> um, what else do you do? Watch football, okay. Yeah, I can, I can get in line with that one. I, there's some football on, especially on Thanksgiving and through this season, there's a lot of football. Do any of you eat? Let me tell you about my Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> I melted some cheese over some tortilla chips. It was wonderful. And then later I got a little hungry, so I reheated a three-day-old McDonald's sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. I needed to take my medicine, so I had to have something. That was my Thanksgiving. It was, it was just wonderful. <laughs> what else? Come on, any others? Shopping. Shopping? Okay. Didn't expect that out of you, Ralph, but okay, good. <laughs> okay, shopping. So, so I was thinking of some, of some of our, you know, the truth is my family's in a weird place because some of our traditions are changing. So some of the things that we always did are starting to change. Um, I was thinking about some of our traditions. Uh, one of the traditions we do every year is before we open presents, maybe some of you do the same thing. Before we open presents, we always have to read the Christmas story together. So that's a tradition that we do. Um, uh, originally, a long time ago, we had a tradition that we tried to watch a movie together um, before Christmas, like usually on Christmas Eve or even on Christmas. But then one year, we convinced my parents to let us watch Braveheart, and that was the end of the Christmas movie tradition. Nobody, it didn't work out. Um, such a wonderful movie, though. And so that's another tradition that we had for a little bit, but then it went away. Um, you know, Christmas Eve service was always a huge tradition. This year, we started a new tradition. I hope it's a tradition. It was really great. For our Thanksgiving, we met on Saturday afternoon, 
and we had like football tailgate food and we watched a football game that happened sometime, you know, around noon on Saturday. And we watched this, it was a great tradition. I mean, when you talk about Thanksgiving dinner, that is my Thanksgiving dinner right there. Buffalo chicken dip, I mean, all of that good stuff, different dips and excellent stuff. Um, and there was a football game that we watched. And so are any of you happy about that football game? Okay. Good for you. Are any of you sad about that football game? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. So here's the thing. This year I find myself in a weird place. I'm usually leaning to one side. I won't tell you which. Um, but, but this year I was kind of in a place where, listen, good for you guys that are happy. And, and, and I'm sorry for those of you that, that are having a tough time with it. And I'm really sorry for any of you that are on social media because it's unbearable, all of the memes and the trash talk. And, and so we started this new tradition this year. I hope it always continues where we had this great food and we watched football and we hung out. And that's just how Thanksgiving should be every year, if you ask me, a new tradition. Well, in the church, we have this tradition of Advent. And the truth is, traditions, the things we do around these holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Christmas, whether it's getting together to eat with family, whether it's watching football, whether it's reading the Christmas story, they have a purpose in our lives. And the purpose of these traditions is to keep us focused on what really matters. What really matters come holiday time? Family. Family. Nobody's going to say football. Okay, football. Yeah. Football, good. Who said that? That was great. No, reading the Christmas story before presents, it's really easy to get focused on the presents, but to focus on, on Jesus is pretty important. Well, that's what the Advent season, that's what the Advent tradition is all about. This is about making sure that our focus is in, in the right place. See, we get really busy with life, and we go through life, and we can get into a bunch of different things, but one of the things I like about Advent is that at this time every year, all of the stuff in life, it doesn't stop. We still do it, but Advent draws us back into the story of Christ. And so Advent is a tradition that helps us focus on what is really important, on who we are and what we're all about. And so this starts with looking back 2,000 years or so at the birth of our King, King Jesus. And there are prophecies about this. I want to read to you some of the prophecies from the Old Testament uh, about Jesus coming. I want to read these to you. These are important because we're going somewhere with this. So we look back at Jesus. These prophecies, listen to these. Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6 said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. And so it talks about from the line of David will come this king. It's this prophecy that came long before Jesus showed up. The king came. There was a prophecy. And guess what? It happened in the line of David. Here's another one. Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him 
Emmanuel. So this is from Isaiah. We've been looking at Isaiah the last few weeks. This is another prophecy. The virgin will, be, will, be, will give birth to a child, Jesus, Emmanuel. Guess what? That happened. The prophecy came. And then Jesus came, just as it said, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, um, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Guess what? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And so once again, it was prophesied, and it happened. And so in this season, we had all of these prophecies for years and years, and and we celebrate that the king came. Jesus came. The king was born. There are so many more prophecies, but but what I want to get at is this. When God tells us something's going to happen, it happens. For thousands, for hundreds of years, for thousands of years before Jesus came in a manger, people were told that Jesus was coming, and guess what? Jesus came. What a great thing to look back on. When we talk about tradition, that's something that's worth celebrating, right? As a people, that Jesus, our Savior, came to earth just as it was foretold. Well, that brings us to today, because We start by looking back, but what I want to get at today is that we're not just a people that look back, but we're a people that look forward to the future. And so so Matthew 24 is where we're going to find ourselves today. I want to set this up by reading some, some, a couple things from earlier in the chapter, and then we'll read again the text that was read a little bit ago. Um, And starting there in... In verse 3, it says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So we talked about all these prophecies of Jesus the King coming, and Jesus came to earth. And so at this point, the disciples are with him, but they're talking about another thing. Because like I said, we don't just look back, we look forward because the king came to earth. But guess what? The king is coming again to earth. And so they say, tell us, when's this going to happen? In verse 30, Jesus says, then will appear the, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the others. And so so what we see here is the disciples say, hey, when are you coming again? And Jesus says, I'm coming again. He he doesn't give them an exact date, but he says, I'm coming again. So now we're going to look at the text that we saw just a little bit, bit ago that Steve read to us. Let's look at verse 36 together. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Verse 42. Therefore, keep watch. 
because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house get broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Now, I just want to start by saying this. There is a lot of stuff in that scripture that we could get into the weeds with about what it means and all of that stuff. But I've got three things that I really want us to understand that come from this scripture today that will help us find ourselves in this tradition and God's story. Three things that I want us to focus on. Number one, we talked about the past. We look back to Jesus being born. But like I said, we are not just a people of the past. In fact, this is super important for us as Christians. We are not just a people that look back and say, look what happened before. We're a people that look forward to what's gonna happen. And so we had prophecies of old, but there's also prophecies from Jesus and others that say Jesus is coming again. The first thing we see, the disciples ask, hey, when are you coming again? Jesus says, I'm coming again, but you're not going to know when. But the first thing we see is Christ, our King, is coming again. We are a people of hope, not just because a good thing was done in the past, but because God is still at work, and one day Jesus will come again, and the kingdom will be established and will reign forevermore. God's kingdom. You guys aren't excited about that at all, man. Ooh, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> Better wake up. <laughs> so, so Jesus came, and that's a, a huge mark in our faith in the past. But it's also a mark as we look forward. Because looking back and knowing that the prophecies that were foretold came true and Jesus the king came should lead us to a place that we look forward with anticipation to know that Jesus is coming Again, that's good news for us. We don't just sit around and say, hey, you guys should believe what we believe because look what happened in the past. Hey, look at what Jesus did. That's part of it. But guess what? Jesus is at work today. And guess what? Jesus is coming again. And we know the outcome of this whole thing. And that is good news for us. So number one, Christ is coming again. Let's look at a couple more scriptures. I'm sorry they're not on the screen. I was sick all week. I was a little behind on this stuff. I'm really sorry. But, but this is from John 14. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you that I'm going, to pre I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus says it right there. I'm coming again and I'm going to take you <laughs> to the place that I'm going, to the kingdom. Let's look at another one. 1 Thessalonians 4 this verse 13, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. 
According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that... Uh, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. These are, these are prophecies, not looking back, but looking forward to Jesus coming again. Guess what? If prophecies in the Old Testament said Jesus was coming and Jesus came... Prophecies that Jesus told us, you can take them to the bank. Jesus is coming again. And so the first thing we understand is Christ is coming again. We are a people who in Advent, we come together this tradition and we look back to what happened couple thousand years ago when our king came to earth, the incarnation that God became man, that Jesus came to redeem all people, but we're also a people, and this is so important, we're a people that look forward to what God is continuing to do, and one day God's kingdom will be established, and all of the junk that you see around you, it's done, because God's kingdom is coming. So the first thing, Jesus is coming again. The second thing, this one's a little bit different, um, but, but the second thing is we don't know when Jesus is coming back. This scripture, you cannot miss that in this scripture. We have no clue when Jesus is coming back. It's, it says in verse 36, no one knows, only the Father. In verse 39, it says, they knew nothing, that's how it will be. In verse um, 42, it says, therefore keep watch because you do not know. In verse 44, it says, be ready because the Son of Man will come when you do not expect it. Do you get the picture? Jesus is coming again, but we don't know when. Now, let me say this. Would it be easier to know the exact date that Jesus is coming? What do you think? Give me a yes or a no. Shake your head. Okay. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because we're not going to know. And what I see in Scripture over and over and over again is that we never get the whole picture we are called to faithful obedience. How many times in scripture do we see where Jesus or God calls someone to follow them and doesn't give them the exact blueprint of what that's gonna look like, but says, follow me. When, when God called Abraham and said, I will make you the father of many nations, he didn't show him exactly how it was gonna happen. He just said, be faithful to me. When, when God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and lead them to the promised land, he didn't give them all the details. He gave them some of them. But they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Didn't have all the information. But God called them to be faithful. And when Jesus went to the disciples and said, follow me. He didn't tell them exactly how everything was going to work out at every turn. He said, follow me. Throughout scripture, God calls us to faithfulness. Not to know it all, not to have it all figured out, but to be faithful. And so we know that 
Jesus is coming again. We know that the kingdom will be established. We have no clue when, and guess what? That's fine. We don't need to. Because we know that God's word is true, and we know that if Jesus came before, Jesus will come again. And do you know what I think God is really concerned with? I, I don't think that I know why God does everything that God does or what the purpose is for us knowing or not knowing. I don't know. But I do see one thing consistent in Scripture, and that's that God seems to be way more concerned with his people's faithfulness and their faith than he does in them figuring out details. We are a people of faith. See, we get obsessed with details, don't we? I remember, this, this might wake you up a little bit, I remember one of my favorite stories, when Megan and I got engaged, it was December 23rd of some year, I don't remember what it was, probably 2003. 2003 sound right? Good, I'm getting there. I, I'm sick, give me a break, come on. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that for a few weeks. Uh, um, but but we, were, we were, it was December 23rd. We knew we were gonna get married. We hadn't, we talked about getting married, but, but she had no clue what was coming on December 23rd. We had the, I had this big night plan, this huge plan. I've told you this story before, this huge plan. I was gonna do this whole thing. And the night started, and, and we went to Outback Steakhouse, that's our favorite, and, and we're sitting there, and, um, and this whole plan started to kind of unravel a little bit because the amount of time I thought Outback Steakhouse was going to take, it didn't take. It was really quick for some reason. And so things just weren't working out the way that they were supposed to. And, and um, Megan started to get a little bit frustrated with me. <laughs> she, she wanted to know the plan. She wanted to know the details. She wanted to know everything that was going to happen. And... and I said, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> and then we moved on to the next phase, and, and she, you know, it even got to the point where she's saying, you didn't really plan anything, did you? <laughs> you don't actually have anything going here, do you? You're just making this up as you go. And I said, no, just trust me. <laughs> See, we like to know the details, but that's not what's important. What's important is our faithfulness. Jesus is coming again. And we don't know when that is, but you know what I do know is that we are called to be faithful to God and to live in faith and know that our king that showed up when they said he was going to show up is going to show up again because they said he's going to show up again. And so we are a people of faith. God has given us everything we need to know to prepare for the coming of the kingdom. We aren't left totally in the dark. We know that God is God, and we know that Jesus is coming again and that God is at work. And so we are a people of faith. We're a people of hope, and we're a people of faith, not knowing everything, but knowing how this will all end and living towards it. That brings us to the third thing. In verse 42, it says, keep watch. In verse 44, it says, you must be ready. And so the third part of this, the last thing I want to get to is this. Number one, Christ is coming again. Number two, we don't know when that's going to be, but number three, and this is really important, we must be ready for the coming of Christ. We must be ready. You know what that means? That means that our traditions... That means that our worship times together, that means that the things we do every day, they matter. 
because we're either preparing for the coming of our king or we're getting distracted by other things. Jesus is coming again. We don't know when, but we have to be ready. Uh, I was thinking about this. How, how many of you have ever, ever heard of preppers? Preppers. These are people that, that believe that an apocalypse is coming. Okay, you'll, you'll understand it when I talk about it. These are people that believe that the world is going to end or that some big thing is going to happen, and so they are preparing themselves for the apocalypse. And there's people, maybe some of you in here, um, that, that are preparing themselves for that. There are actually people who have built underground bunker, bunkers that are filled with supplies because they know that someday something's going to happen, whether it's zombies or whether it's nuclear or whatever, something's going to happen and they've got to be ready. So they have spent their time and their money prepping for what's going to come. Listen, I'm not sure that there's a zombie apocalypse coming. In fact, I'm kind of sure there's probably not. But I am sure that our king is coming again. And as the people of God, we should be preppers more than anybody else because we know our king is coming again. So we should be preparing ourselves and the world around us for the coming of our king. What does that mean? What does it mean that we prepare? What does it mean to be ready? Well, following this text that we read, there are several parables, and they talk about what it looks like to be faithful and to be ready. And so there's the parable of the faithful servant, and this is the master leaves and says, I need you to take care of, of the other servants, and I need you to take care of my things. And the faithful servant does what the master has asked him to do. The faithful servant is obedient. So one way that we prepare ourselves for the coming of our king is we're obedient to take care of the things that we've been entrusted with. That means loving others. That means being a people of peace. That means caring for those who do not know about Christ that we need to share our faith. Then there's a, the parable of the ten virgins, and in that, there's, there's ten um, virgins, and they're waiting for the bridegroom to come back, but five of them prepare, and five don't. Five take extra oil, and five don't. And so when the bridegroom comes back, five are ready, and five aren't. And this is talking about being prepared, being filled. A lot of people think that that, that means being filled with the Spirit. We prepare ourselves by being connected to God, being filled with the Spirit, knowing Christ. Then there's the parable of the talents, of gold. And in that, you, you would know that parable if I told the whole thing, but, but the master gives different amounts of coins or different amounts of gold to different servants, and some of the servants use that and invest it to do good things and, and bring more, and one servant says no, and he just hides it. And so what we see in that story is that we are entrusted with gifts and things that we are to use. We are to, to be a part of, to be active. And then the last one is the sheep and the goats. And the end of that parable just says that we, we have to serve the least of these. We have to love the people in need, the people around us that are hurting and so Christ is coming again. We don't know when, but we have to be ready. Do you know what it looks like to be ready? 
to be Christ-like, to be Jesus to the world around us, to take care of those around us, to know Christ, to serve those around us, to be faithful with the gifts that we've been given. So this is huge. The the certainty of, of Christ's return leads to the urgency of putting our faith into action. So Jesus is coming again. We don't know when, but we have to be ready. And and this is, we talked at the beginning about finding ourselves in the story of God. You got a lot going on in your lives. But, But this is what I want us to understand in this Christmas season, in this Advent season, that as we look back at our King coming to bring hope to the world, and as we look forward in the hope that our King is coming again, we are called to be a people of faith, and a people of action, loving, serving, worshiping, sharing our faith with others. And so the band's gonna come up here at the end, but but I wanna talk about hope. I wanna talk about this Christmas season, and and I wanna ask you in this Advent season to not get lost in, in the other things, but I want you to understand that this tradition of Advent, where we light candles, where we decorate, where we do all these things, it's not about the church looking pretty. It's about us being a people of hope and a people of love and a people of action. And so as we sing this last song, I I just want you to open your heart to God. And I want you to start this Advent season by, by just kind of shutting everything else out. And I want you to say, Jesus, help me to experience your hope. Help me to experience Jesus who came, the King that came, the love and the hope that comes with that. But, but Lord, start preparing my heart to be ready for the coming again, that we will be ready, that we won't miss it. But but that we will be ready and that when Jesus comes again, Jesus will find us faithful. Father, we love you today. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the hope that we find, not just in looking back, but in looking forward. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to prepare our hearts, that we would open ourselves to you today, and that we would become more like you every day and be faithful to you. In Jesus' name.